give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, my dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Sambal Mangi. Pastor Kigono Ndege is on standby with the Family Life segment today. We will talk about how to stop your wandering eye every month's battle. Pastor Prostinga will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about Come. Revelation Ministers will start us off with the song Alizaliwa Kama Maskini. Alizaliwa kama maskini mtoto wa seremala alitabika kwa ajili yetu ili tupate uzima atatupigania hadi mwisho apewe sifa milele atatupigania hadi mwisho apewe sifa milele alizaliwa kama maskini mtoto wa seremala alitabika kwa ajili yetu ili tupate uzima atatupigania hadi mwisho apewe sifa milele atatupigania hadi mwisho apewe sifa milele nyosha mkono wako bwana ainuliwe Mungu wa mi 
Radio, the voice of hope. Dear listener, welcome to our program, The Abundant Life. This program is based on uh, John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I am convinced that when we talk about this abundant, full life, it involves the area of a marriage. And dear listener, today I want us to talk about how to stop your wandering eye every man's battle. Now, what do you do if you find someone attractive other than your spouse? If you find someone attractive, your first line of defense is a proper mindset, which is this. This attraction threatens everything I hold dear. It may not appear threatening early in the attraction when everything seems innocent. 
Remember though that attraction grows quickly and can destroy your marriage. Even if your marriage manages to survive, at the very least the lacking will weaken the foundation of your marriage and rob your wife of your full captivation. Your second line of defense is to declare, I have no right to think these things. State this to yourself clearly, decisively, and often. You don't even know this woman. Who, you, who are you to be attracted to her? Didn't your master give you your wife? The third line of defense is to heighten your alert. What do you do when you feel threatened? You take off your jacket and breathe deeply, then you read yourself for what's coming. When danger looms nearby, you do not let down your guard. Instead, you step up and stand erect, ready to confront the threat. With your mind set transformed, you won't let her near your coral. The attraction will begin to starve and she'll drift back towards the horizon. How can you make sure this will happen? The first thing is, bounce your eyes. You saw her passing your coral and you are physically attracted to her. Starve this attraction by bouncing your eyes, which means to build a reflect action by training your eyes to immediately bounce away from the sexual, like the jack of your hand, away from the hot stove. Don't dwell on her beauty by stealing glances. Do this with zeal. Number two. Avoid her. Sometimes this isn't possible, but do it when you can. If she works with you and the two of you are assigned to the same project, don't, uh, don't ask her to lunch with you or offer her a ride home. In other words, avoid opportunities that create positive experiences with her until, and I repeat, until the attraction phase dies. If she asks you to do something with her, excuse yourself. Now, when you're in her company, play naive. Now, being perceived as naive is not cool in this age, but dear listener, it will save many a marriage. A naive person is the opposite of a player. In relationships, players send and receive social signals smoothly. Socially naive people, on the other hand, do not. When a player sends Sorry, when a player wants to send attraction signals, there are certain things he'll do. He'll flat, he'll banter, he'll smile with a knowing look, he'll talk about hip things. In short, he'll be cool. You are a player at one time. You knew how to feed attractions. You spent your whole adolescence learning how to. Now, as a married man, however, a little social suicide is very much in order. Always play naive. Players flat, learn to unflat. Players banter, learn to unbanter. If a woman smiles with a knowing smile, sorry, if a woman smiles with a knowing look, learn, learn to smile with a slightly confused look to unsmile. If she talks about things that are hip, talk about things that are unhip to her, like your wife and kids. She'll find you pleasant enough, but rather bland and uninteresting and boring, which is perfect. Sometimes a woman's attractiveness to you will be mental rather than physical. This is common in work environment as you work with women on projects that interest you both. In business, it's common to spend more hours per day with female co-workers than with your wife. 
You talk with them about common goals and achieving success, while all you and your wife talk about uh, about kids' discipline, pr- kids' discipline problems. Who is going to change the dirty diapers and bills and bills and bills and bills? As with physically attractive women, you must understand that if your shields aren't up and if you don't recognize the threat to your marriage, you are flirting with danger. To summarize, if you are attracted to a woman, it doesn't mean you may never again have any sort of relationship or friendship with her. It only means you must enact your defense perimeters. Once you have started, sorry, once you have starved the attractions and she's a safe distance away, you can have a proper relationship, one that is honoring to your wife and to the Lord. When you find yourself connecting with another person who starts becoming in even the smallest way a substitute for your marital partners, Sorry, when you find yourself connecting with someone, sorry, when you find yourself connecting with another person who starts becoming in even the smallest way a substitute for your marital partner, you have started traveling a dangerous road. You have started traveling a dangerous road. So how do you protect yourself and your marriage? Here are some uh, helpful principles that may assist. One, please know your boundaries. You should put fences around your heart and protect the sacred ground that is reserved only for your spouses. Ensure only you and your wife share your deepest feelings and needs and difficulties with, with each other and not with friends of the opposite sex. Number two, please realize the power of the eyes. The eyes are called the windows of the soul. So pull the shades down if you sense that someone is posing a little too long in front of those windows. It is true that good eye contact is necessary for fruitful communication, but there is a deep type of look that must be reserved for only one person, and that person is your mate. Number three, be aware of isolation and concealment. One strategy of the enemy is to isolate you from your spouse by tempting you to keep secrets from your mate. Work hard at bringing things out into the open and discussing them. Ensure your closets are empty. Number four, extinguish any chemical reactions that may have begun. You see a friendship with the opposite sex that is beginning to meet your... Sorry... A friendship with the opposite sex that is beginning to meet needs your spouse should be meeting must be ended quickly. A simple rule of chemistry is this. To stop a chemical reaction, remove one of the elements. It may be painful or embarrassing at first, but it isn't as painful as suffering the results of temptation that has given birth to sin. Ruth Center wrote an article for Partnership Magazine entitled Simply Rick. It was an incredible, honest examination of a godly woman's encounter and ensuing friendship with a Christian man she met in a graduate school. Her struggle and godly response to this temptation were graphic. Were, sorry, her struggle and godly response to this temptation were graphically etched in a letter that ended that relationship. She wrote, "Friendship is always going somewhere unless it's dead." You and I both know where ours is going. When a relationship threatens the stability of commitments we have made to the people we value the most, 
it can no longer be. And lastly, number five, ask God to remind you how important it is to fear him. The fear of God has turned me from many a temptation. It would be one thing if another person learned I had compromised my vows. But it's quite another thing to realize that God's throne would have knowledge of my disloyalty to my spouse faster than the speed of light. It has been said that a secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. And therefore we need to pray and say, Our Heavenly Father, our loving Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, as well as the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Sorry, sorry. Now, sorry, let me repeat that one. It had been said that, as dear listener, as we conclude this broadcast, it has been said that a secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. My Heavenly Father, my loving Jesus, and the holy angels, as well as the Holy Spirit, who lives within me, are there. Thinking of hurting them keeps me pure. We appreciate those who have given us the thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box, 422-76-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Here's a song, Kule Jangwani, by Revelation Ministers. Oh, oh, oh. 
That you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Pastor Prosy. Hello, listeners. In our previous lesson, we talked about the topic See, behold, I come as a thief. See, I come as a thief. God is calling all of us to see that he is soon coming and he's coming as a thief. And he will only come as a thief if we are not ready to meet him. We must be ready to meet him by watching and keeping our garments ready. Our topic for today is come. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. The invitation to be part of God's eternal kingdom is extended to everyone, whoever will may come. Jesus invites everyone into this world to come to him and be saved, and thus be prepared to enter into the new Jerusalem, the new earth. The invitation is extended to all who will accept it. He is saying, whosoever will may come and take the water of life. Any man who thirsts for the water of salvation is privileged to accept the invitation of God, the call of mercy. God is calling each and every one to come. Come and attend the wedding feast. The king's gracious invitation is to enter into the festival chamber. 
the invitation is absolutely trustworthy and it can be depended upon. The marriage supper will take place at the end of the earth long day. But many people, when they hear the invitation, they have many excuses. Uh, many will have the excuse of marriage. I'm preparing for my wedding. I'm preparing to marry a lady from the university and therefore I have a lot to prepare. And therefore I don't have any time to prepare for that invitation. Would you please hold on as I'm preparing for the wedding. When it is over, then I will come. And many have different programs for school. They are planning to go to school. Not until they have their PhD, then they will be able to prepare for the invitation of the heavenly king. And many people are preparing to build. They say that I don't have time to prepare now for the heavenly invitation. Before I build up a house or I set up a structure in my village. Therefore, would you give me some time uh, so that I may prepare for my building. And then after that, I will attend the wedding. But God is calling on each and every one of us to come today. The invitation is today. If we are to, to attend the marriage supper, we must prepare for it. Our characters must be prepared today. And then he tells me that blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. And on such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. When God invites us to come, he says, come and partake of the wedding party. And when we come, it means that we'll be able never to die again. You remember that when the invitation is extended, also the power is given. The second death is that one that comes to the wicked after the resurrection at the close of the a thousand years. When we come to the wedding, we'll be able to attend on the marriage feast for a thousand years. The first death comes to all of us on the world. All the righteous and wicked are raised from this death. While the righteous arise from their graves immortal, the wicked arise mortal and yet to die eternal death. They are destroyed. Inhalation, the righteous will have power over the second death. It will not touch them. It is almost impossible to visualize a world in which there is no disease or death, no sorrow or crying, no pain or suffering. It is also difficult to comprehend a real earth with a real people who will recognize one another, but with no suffering. There will be real work, real homes, and real beauty to gladden all those who are there. Human language is inadequate to describe the reward of the righteousness. God is calling upon us, come, are you ready to come? It will be known only to those who behold it. No infinite mind can comprehend the glory of the paradise of God. And God is calling upon us to come and also attend of the glory of the paradise of God. It has been nice having your company. In case you have any views, comments, or questions about the show, kindly write to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100 Kenya, or email us through awr at Until next time, I've been a Sambal Mangi. Remember, stay safe, stay blessed. Alizaliwa 
Alitabika kwa ajili yetu ili tupate uzima atatupiga ni ahadi mwisho apewe sifa milele atatupiga ni ahadi mwisho apewe sifa milele alizaliwa kama maskini mtoto wa seremala alitabika kwa ajili yetu ili tupate uzima atatupiga ni ahadi mwisho apewe sifa milele atatupiga ni ahadi mwisho apewe sifa milele nyosha mkono wako wana ainuni